I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sandspence Radio, call your dad, ask how your mom is. Unless they're divorced, then probably don't do that. That'll be an uncomfortable conversation. Trust me, I know. <laughs> hey! Yeah, I'm talking to you. Did you miss out on the first live show, but like you're super bummed about it because like we were hugging people and like you got you got to touch our faces? <laughs> don't you can't touch our faces, but <laughs> we're having a second one. Number two. Same place, Eureka Hotel. Um, on the 10th of December. Come on down. Tickets are $5. You can buy them at the door. You can buy them online. Probably buy them online because they're selling like bloody hotcakes. Come on down. See us laugh. Starts at 6.30. We're on at 7. We're on at 7. Ish. Ish. Because we don't apply to like regular times. Sometimes we're late to things. (laughs) Who cares? Bosses are slow. Come on down. It'll be great. Again, you can't touch our faces unless we say you can touch our faces. At least just ask first. Do you need to impress your new girlfriend's parents? Make sure you go around with a brand new Sans Pants Radio t-shirt or hoodie. Head to redbubble.com and search for Sans Pants Radio. Or head to our website and follow the links. SansPantsRadio.com Welcome to this week's episode of Movie Maintenance, where some films just need fixing. Today, we're looking at Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Trek Into Darkness. How did we all feel about that film? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't, the I don't, there's not much more you can say about it than that. I mean, I, but I thought Abrams' first Star Trek was fine. Like, it's it's fun. It's nothing to write home about. Like, it's just a good, fun action film. Like, it's not really about anything. It doesn't really have <clears throat> much that makes it particularly memorable or really stand out. And Into Darkness kind of, for me, is exactly the same. Like, I mean, yeah. apart, it's more muddled. It's kind of got an ending where you sort of say, okay, I'm pretty sure J.J. Abrams just got bored now. Yeah. Because, like, the final yeah. punch on between Khan and Spock. What like, even is this? Okay. Why did he grab a jacket? He yeah. was, why? Yeah. He didn't just, need? Like, that yeah, was just, just some fine. fan service. <laughs> yeah, there, there it is. And, um, and, yeah, like, all of that, I was like, yeah, okay. And I, the whole thing with, like, Khan's crew being his family and then they're in missiles and then I was just... It just like I was watching. And I was like, "This is fine. This is a perfectly fine film that I will feel nothing about or remember nothing about when I walk out <laughs> of the cinema." And that was exactly what it was to me. I don't feel passionately oh, enough it about it. Burned in my fucking want to dissect it and particularly fix it because you know, like it didn't. It just didn't engender that strong of a reaction on from me on any level. It just wasn't a film. I think that 
Yeah. Mm, okay. I was. I. I am such a Star Trek fan that I was so excited mm. for for this reboot, and I saw the first one, and I was like, "Fucking yes." I loved the first one because I'm more of a next-gen girl than mm-hmm. the original series. First Contact. How fucking good. So good. How fucking so good. good. Just oh, just pretty much film. anything that doesn't have William Shatner in it is fine by, <laughs> yeah, in my yeah, books. Right. So big, uh, big Generations <laughs> fan, I take it. Yeah, I love Generations yeah. and I, I, I do love Voyager, but I will admit I've never actually gotten around to finishing Voyager, which is a very odd... Voyager's great, though. Yeah, I... I, I really like Voyager. I think it's really underrated. It's, yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's the best series, but I don't want to say that without mm. finishing, finishing it. it. Because yeah. every time I start it, like, me and my dad, like, my dad's a Trekkie, mm. so he taught me to be oh, a Trekkie. Cool. Um, and so, like, I've watched all of Next Gen with my dad, and then every time mm. we'd start Voyager, we'd get about, like, halfway or over halfway through, mm. and then kind of, like, stop watching for whatever reason. And so we're like, whenever we go back to it, we're like, you have to start from the start again. Uh, I've never just gotten around to like the last season. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've never really sat down and watched a Star Trek like series at all. I I've, I remember watching them back in the day through my insomnia like high school era when it was on like you know three in the morning. I remember Star doing Trek. that at your Good. house once, like yeah. just like sitting there and flicking the channel, and, and I was like, watch- "Oh, Star Trek yeah. is on," and it's like that one episode you've all like, seen. Yeah, that one episode you always see over and over and over again. Like mm. I was like, "Ah, oh, it's this one again." Like, they're, yeah, they're like were- literally any other episode, I would have been like, "Cool," but I was is this like, the one where, like they're they're in the hollow deck and they're pirates. Because I think nah, I've seen that one like sixteen. No, nah, it's the one where like the little like fucking light alien comes in and impregnates one of the girls uh, and then it like grows up really quickly in like the uh, span yeah. of a day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah everyone yeah, remembers yeah, everyone that remembers episode. That. Yeah. I, I, I always like, I like the idea of Star Trek mm. and I think I'd really get into it. I've just never sat down. I, I was more, um, like Battlestar Galactica, yeah, like that series, and that was sold to me from a friend who was into Star Trek and was like, um, "Look, the writers of Star Trek were like sick and being like, I want to tackle some interesting stuff, so we and I definitely more think... realistic, and we went to yeah. uh, Battlestar Galactica, and I fucking love that series. I don't care who's everyone's like, <laughs> no, the last season was shit, and everyone's a silent. Like, I don't care. It was beautiful, and it made me cry and weep. Uh, and a little man child, a little man child. I was just watching the couch, being like, <laughs> when oh, like the last season, oh, the last episode with that. Flying over the new planet and the president in the in the and almost is there and it's just like this is so beautiful. See, I think my relationship with Star Trek is very much by proxy. Like yeah, yeah, again, yeah. my dad's a massive mm. Trek fan. Always was. So I've never sat down and watched a full series or even season of Star Trek. You have not bonded Trek. with your dad enough. I've just, but I have watched a lot of Star Trek with him. Yeah. Took me to see all the movies as they came out. Mm. So like certain movies like First Contact, you know, I have have a mass are a massive part mm. of my childhood. And I love that film. And like, I love a lot of like next gen and a lot of, yeah, yeah. Nemesis. Is that the one the Borg? Where they go first back gen? to. No, 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 no. No, Nemesis, Nemesis. Uh, First Contact's Borg. Is yeah. it? It's where they go oh, back yeah. to First Contact or right before and the Borg are trying to fuck yes. everything up and they meet Zephram Cochran and. I'm getting Nemesis then, um, and First Contact. Nemesis is the one with Nemesis Tom Hardy. Nemesis Tom Hardy. I, haven't, I have not seen that oh, one. Oh, Tom Hardy party. That's what I want to do <laughs> in one of these episodes. Um, no, Star Trek for me, like, like when they did the reboot, I was so excited. Mm. I was, I was so excited because I I didn't watch the original series. It it at this point is so dated that you can't really watch it without yeah. without that nostalgia if you don't have it. Or at least for me, I couldn't watch it without it feeling really dated and 
looking really dated and being really dated and Shatner. Um, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to watch it. So when they did this reboot, I was very excited that J.J. Abrams, who up until this point had only done good things. Yeah, I, I don't agree. Eyes. And I still think, like, to me, I love Star Trek, mm. the first film. I think that was a great... I, I was, uh, again, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. I like the idea of Star yeah. Trek. And going in and not having to care about continuity, loved Star Trek. And I loved the lens flare. I know yeah. everyone was like, oh, he's, 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 he's lens flare. It's like, look, it was a thematic choice. Yeah. It wasn't an accident. He, he knew what he was doing. And even he's admitted, like, yes, it was a bit of a problem. But <laughs> he was trying to be like, the future is bright. Yeah. And I like that. I really liked what Star Trek 1 did, with uh, the Abrams did. And it yeah. was like, look... This, there was this whole thing that happened, but let's just try again. Yeah, and I, 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 I love that, that nice. for a reboot. I love that like, for a reboot. There was some issues like with um, Eric Banner's character being like, okay, so you're going back in time to, be, and you're angry at Spock because you're, he didn't save your home planet, so you're going to destroy his home planet, but you've gone back in time and your home planet is fine, so why don't you just like save your home planet instead of just being a dick? But that's episode one. <laughs> that's my issue with that character. And I think there's a... I was it, fine with him. Uh, it, was, it was just, to me, that, like, why didn't you just... No, because be it was... Really it was nothing villain. Like, yeah. I just kind of felt like Eric Banner but I think that's, was a very I think good actor. There was some yeah. extent... Some cut scenes. Yeah, but that's that moot. If it's not in the film, it's I know, good. and that's yeah. what frustrates yeah. me. There's some deleted scenes which apparently make it a lot more clear as to why he doesn't yeah. just go and save his own yeah. planet. But um, again, it's, it's not in the film. I mean, but the other thing is, like, and this is kind of my dad's big because I remember seeing the first one and saying, "Oh, yeah, I really liked it." And Into <clears> Darkness, so I was like, "Yeah, I liked mm. it." And my dad hates them. He hates really them because he's like, they're, they're not Star Trek. He says, "Look, they're fine films, but they're not Star Trek." Like mm. Star Trek has certain philosophical and intellectual mm. underpinnings that you see if you watch. You know, it's in Next Generation. It's in the original series. It's in yeah. Voyager. There are interesting sci-fi concepts that are explored in those films, uh, in those mo- uh, episodes. But in we these, got there in the end. In the end, yeah, <laughs> bit by bit by painful bit. But the movies don't have any of that. Like they're just kind of action. Yeah, action. it did. It did and lose the Star Trek feel. But... I feel like those two films were JJ. It has been said many, many times. But I kind of feel like they were Abrams' audition to do Star Wars. <laughs> really, it did feel like, very think Star about Wars-y. It. They're, they're fun. Yeah. They're actiony. They've got plenty of heart. Mm. They've got you know interesting enough characters, but. Thematically, there's not yeah. that much going on. Which like, is it's just, what? it's fine. Yeah. And yeah. that, look, it doesn't bother me because I don't have that kind of, I'm not a died in the wall Trekkie who's mm. going to be really pedantic and passionate and determined for it to be exactly how <laughs> I want it to be. Yeah. But I do take, watching a few older episodes, I do see what dad and a lot of other people yeah. mean yeah. with that. So I don't know, like, is, is there an element where these films sort of, yeah, you've rebooted this franchise and you've made it relevant again, but at what cost? Because you've removed so much of what mm. made Star Trek Star Trek? Yeah, I, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally that make no, sense? I, I feel it as well. Like, I think, I think you're very correct where, where the Abrams films almost have lost the heart of what Star Trek is meant to be. They've just kind of made this really fun sci-fi action film, yeah. which is good, and with characters that you kind of know. Exactly. And, bringing them and to look, the forgive future, me if this sounds but ignorant, but I don't think it is. Um, I mean, wasn't Gene Roddenberry's... I wasn't, but now I'll try to find somewhere to worm something racist in later in the episode. So you watch out. But um, no, wasn't wasn't like Gene Roddenberry's whole original vision, like exploring the possibilities yeah. of you know what could happen in this future where we have eradicated war and mm. uh, conflict on Earth and yeah. environmental issues and everything, and here we are, and we can just go and explore and see the universe and all its glory and all the kind of sci-fi concepts and implications of that. What well, that's kind of what it was, but. The movies don't really 
Yeah, and have I any of that element of exploration or discovery or wonder. Yeah. Wonder yeah. is a yeah. big one. Like the first film, I could kind of forgive a lot of that because look, you're re-establishing what yeah. it is and you're making this new. And look, you're not trying to appease old fans. You're being like, because they're I'm... dead. <laughs> well, 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 almost. Um, but yeah. you're not trying to appease old fans. You're trying to get new people interested. Yeah. And maybe it's like, and that's why I felt really disappointed in in the sequel, especially because for me, Into Darkness was like. Who the fuck are you trying to please here? Are you trying to please old fans or new Trek fans? Because yeah. no one's happy. Because no one's happy. It's full of references, but not much more than that. Like, yeah, and it's like this whole thing before it happened. Like, is it Khan? Is it not Khan? Like that was like it's Khan. We know it's Khan. And and the problem was doing it, the it, same thing with uh, with Spectre <sighs> with the jet. It's it's right? Blofeld. We know. Guys, it's, we fucking it's know. Blofeld. Okay. We yep. Yep. That James Christoph Waltz yep. is Blofeld. Right. Yep. And, and I'm saying it. I'm calling it right now. We, we, all, we all know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, but don't care for Bond. <laughs> so with, um, I, I think it's in the, in the very first. Oh, oh I know, oh. right? Yeah. In the Good. first scene where we introduce mm. to like Khan and he's like gives his blood and he heals um, the, like the daughter or whatever. And it's kind of like if you knew Trek right there, you're like, oh, it's Khan. Yeah, but if you didn't know Trek, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. And then the big reveal, like it's Khan. If you were a new Trek, you're like, who? If you're an old Trek, you're like, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's yeah. kind of like it, they don't explain who Khan was. And if you go back to the original, like, uh, uh, um, like I don't know who Khan was. I didn't know who Khan was going in. All I know is that pop culture Khan. Yeah. That's all yeah. I know about who Khan was going into. But it's this kind film. of it's a cheap reaction because you know when the because uh, I've never seen, I have seen Wrath of Khan, but when I was a Kid, and I barely remember it. But so when <laughs> Dad like when, strapped you to the chair. No, I think I actually watched it of my own accord. That one mm. um, on daytime TV on a Saturday because I had a life when I was seven. Mm. But there's um, yeah, the <laughs> my bit dinosaurs where, weren't talking to when, me. <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, <laughs> the bit where John Harrison reveals that he's Khan. There's like that swell of music. His name is Khan. Whatever. The, the reaction is very much like. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a character Neat. who I guess is yeah, important important in mm. this law, but I personally have no real no. reaction to it because I don't know what the implications of that are. Yeah. I know and he's a famous a villain. Yeah. I don't know what sets Khan apart from anyone else. So Which they then at if no point try to yeah. marketed in the film. Exactly. I had to Wikipedia who Khan yeah, was. I did yeah. spent like an hour yeah. on Wikipedia and then, afterwards, and, like and going interesting through Interesting. Because like in 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 the the old track, it's yeah, he was he was a character who appeared in an episode where yeah. he was like, uh, you know, had some ideological problems with with um, Kirk, and it's just like it's not necessarily a huge villain, mm. just he, he clashed, and so it's like rather than have a problem from memory, it was like rather than have a, like let's have a fight, it was like fuck it, here's this new planet for you, yeah, and he him and his wife and his people they just settle down on this new planet, and it's in Wrath of Khan you find out that that new planet went to shit and everyone died, and Khan blames Kirk. And so he's got this sort of like anger towards him, and it sort of makes sense why they're they're a villain, yeah. and, and you know why they're sort of opposed. Whereas in Whereas the film, now, yeah, like, there's none of that, and also suddenly you, he's like, white. Yeah, no, that's so also that's, true. That's, there's there's we that put, as well. Uh, lizard face Cumberbatch as oh, be so pretty. He's not though. Are we like super aware of that? Like, oh. do, are we just not talking about that? Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch looks no, no, no. very odd. He does. He looks like a sphinx cat. Like uh, a little, you know, like the Sphinx cats, like, like hairless li- cats. Yeah, I understand. He also like, looks like that crossed with lizard yes. man. And both of these things I adore. Like I love lizard and I love Sphinx cats. Like I look at pictures of like Sphinx cats the way that I think lots of women look at babies and other people look at puppies. Like I look at a Sphinx cat picture and I melt. Like, oh Aww, my God. That's the cutest like, thing I think I've ever heard you say. It's the one thing that makes me like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this little cat. And uh, I just want one so bad. And, and 
my partner Em, she, she hates them. She thinks they look gross. I think they're great. Have you seen them when they're pregnant? They're so creepy. Oh my god, they're fat and gross. And they're they so wanna... fat. They just look like a ball sack hanging from a cat's <laughs> head. They do. And then they've got gross nipples and yeah. they're just like fat. Oh my oh, god. Of course, Sam, of all animals, that's the one that makes you melt. <laughs> of course. It's just so cute. Of course. It Sometimes does. people draw eyebrows on them. Anyway, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it just says, oh my God, I just can't get enough of them. So yes, yes, Cumberbatch looks like one of them. No. And I think that's why I like him a lot. I don't. But also, he, he looks, he's such a good actor. He is a good actor. And I will he give you that he's a good actor. He just does Cumberbatch, though. Oh, Are we yeah. at he's a point where we're allowed Sherlock, to say like, that? Like, he's fine at Sherlock. I, he's look, great. Yeah, he's great. great. He's, he's great. great at what he does. Yeah. But he's... I never watch a Benedict Cumberbatch performance and say, what a versatile man. Because he always uh, is I, I a slightly felt... aloof genius. Yeah, I was going to say, I like watched him in the Assange film, voice and, but like that yeah. film is boring as fuck, but he was really good in it, but I couldn't watch it because it was a boring No, film. what was the, the theory? No, it's Imitation not the... game. Yeah, because... He was good in that, but he was, was still... He was still Benedict Cumberbatch. Aloof, eccentric yeah. genius but he who almost, can't he, connect to people. He, he couldn't get that... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the Pizzazz? The pizzazz, the jazz hands. <laughs> no, the the almost um, the, the awkwardness and the quietness that I could see him trying to do it and mm. just not quite getting there in the imitation games. I kept I keep trying to call it the theory of everything. Um, different actor, Eddie Remner, just an Mother. angel. Yeah. Mother! Mother! Yes. Um, <laughs> Jupiter Ascendant guys. What a film. No. Let's talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a ten-parter. So scene by scene, what is wrong with that film? No, but it did come about, um, for me, just lacks subtlety. Like, he mm. has, I don't know, he just can't do quiet for me. Like, I just see mm. him as arrogant dickhead Sherlock Holmes in every role that he plays. And it could just be him being typecast. Yeah, I definitely. Well. I like his arrogant dickhead Sherlock Holmes. Like, he does I, it I do. well. He's fun to watch, but he's... I wonder if I wonder if there's a chance. And mm. look, I'm I'm going to preface this by saying I'm probably very likely wrong and I hope I am because I quite like Cumberbatch. I wonder if there's a chance we're going to get some Johnny Depp syndrome with him. Yes. Like you know how a few years ago uh, after the Pirates of the Caribbean, around the time of the second and third mm. Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean, everybody was in love with Johnny Depp. Like everything Johnny Depp was in, oh, it was it was so cool to be a Johnny Depp fan. And now and and by the way, I, I take credit for being one of the first people once. to say, I don't like Johnny Depp. When Sweeney Todd came out, I was like, I don't like him. Were you he just the first the sa- person said, ever to say that out loud? <laughs> Probably yes. not. I definitely wasn't the first person to think it. I might have been among the first to say it. But back then I was like, he plays the same part mm. in every fucking film with a slightly different accent. Just and watch. Head and gear. Yeah, and a different, and a weird, different makeup. And within two years, mm. everybody was saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if we could be, but I don't. The difference is I don't actively dislike Cumberbatch. I don't think he like John, I find Johnny Depp. I find Johnny Depp's shtick annoying. I don't find Cumberbatch's so annoying. I think it was with Secret but, Window or something. What was the Johnny Depp one where he he's yeah, arrived? Oh, that was fucking yeah. terrible. That was my like because that was directly after. You stole my story. Car- uh, I was just like, oh, this is bad. Because I really yeah. liked a lot of his early stuff, like the it, uh, the first part of the Caribbean. Is was a great like Dead film. Man? Is that the one he did? Was an idiot? Yeah, yeah like he's Fear the, and Loathing. But I think it's oh, like people Benny say. Benny and June is my fave. Mm. People say that Pirates was kind of what. Like, you know, set up that shtick that he continued ever since. But mm. I think it was Fear and Loathing. Mm. Like, he's just played different variants of Hunter S. Thompson ever since with different accents. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think everything that hasn't been Pirates of the Caribbean has kind of flopped for Johnny Depp. Apparently Black Mass is really good, though. It does look good. It does look fucking good. I like good. that everyone was just like... Had to enter our little mind palaces and watch that trailer again. 
Yeah, yeah it looks pretty <laughs> fucking good. Um, I don't know, man. I yeah. So you can't. Yeah, you can come back. Could have the. Um, I think. I don't know if he'll get. I think people will tire of him. Um, particularly if we will get to a point of Cumberbatch oversaturation, particularly if he's playing the same part in everything. I mean, like, I think he's a much more respected actor than Johnny Depp ever was. Mm. And I think he can also act. I mean, the imitation game, yeah, he was being Cumberbatch, but he also shows pathos. He shows emotion. When he cries, you believe it, which you don't with Johnny Depp. I don't know if Johnny Depp's ever cried on screen. And if he has, it was so unmemorable or so bad that I blocked it from my memory. <laughs> but look, I think the difference is that Cumberbatch actually can portray nuance, which mm-hmm. I don't think Johnny Depp is capable of. Yeah. Um, but at the same top. time, like if Cumberbatch is playing the same role over and over again, mm. then yeah, we will get to a point of oversaturation and we will get to a point where we get sick of him. Yeah, you, yeah. Less that's Benedict unfortunate. Cumberbatch, more Bradley Cooper is my, my thing. He's more a, more he just is a like my man. life slogan. He is a handsome man. So that's been our side podcast. Uh, <laughs> talking Benedict about Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Sad man. <laughs> <laughs> so give me Star Trek. Um, so, I have to. Oh, sorry. Yes? No, go. Uh, I have to admit, um, this is the only thing I noted down to say in the episode. Um, that I approached Star Trek Into Darkness the same way Gabe approached Hannibal Rising. Mm. And going in and seeing it when it came out, like, first night at the movies, and I was mm. like, fucking yes, it's going to be the best. Saw it twice more in the cinema. <laughs> that, that state of denial. <clears throat> that yep. state like, of denial. This is, nah, this is great. I fucking nah, love it. Nah, I bought the Blu-ray. The I did too. <laughs> and bought the DVD, watched that when that came out. I know. Got you know, sad. I, I walked into JB Hi-Fi the other day because I've got all my Bargain Hannibal bin? Blu-rays. Bargain bin? No, no. I um, I was just like walk, wandering through JB. As I, no, I was buying Jurassic World. Of course I was. Um, <laughs> and I was like looking around me like, is there anything else I want to buy? And... <clears throat> At this moment, I was walking. I was walking past the H section, and I just felt this disturbance. <laughs> and I just kind of like turned very, very slightly, and the sound just kind of seemed to drop out a bit. And I saw the Hannibal Rising Blu-ray sitting there for nine dollars. I kind of looked at it, <laughs> and I, you know, saw back home my Hannibal collection. I saw my seasons one and two Blu-rays. I saw my, you know, box set of all the movies. I saw my Manhunter Blu-ray. I saw my like. Eight copies of each of the books. I saw my, you know, my big nice art mads. making of Hannibal. Um, I saw my my Hannibal mask that I've got, <laughs> and I kind of just like sat there just looking at it. And for a moment, I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I, that completionist." And I reached out, and I almost grabbed it, and I almost, <laughs> but I didn't. But I stopped myself, and I put my head down, and I shoved my hands deep in my pockets, and I just walked for about an hour, just. Just you growing just, up, you know, you're a big walking, boy. just you're a big getting boy rid of it, shaking it off. Um, yeah, screw you guys. I had but... to buy it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I own didn't. that thing. I... Do you want my copy of it? I don't, don't want it. Tempt me, Zoe. <laughs> do not tempt me. Bring it next week. Don't do this to me, <laughs> Zoe. You evil temptress, you. But that's yes. what the men say. <laughs> is is that definitely what the men is say? the thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I see where you're coming from. Like it is. Seeing Star Trek Into Darkness is like, yeah, I'm still in that world, and you know, it's that sort of thing where it's like any sort of thing with a franchise. It's like, yeah, I'm, I was I'm having so fun, excited, I'm having yeah. fun, and, but, and I, yeah. I agree. Like, it was that sort of, I'm having fun in that world. And my biggest gripe into Star Trek Into Darkness w- was from that characterization of John Harrison, aka yeah. Khan Noonan Singh. And again, as I said, like, without any knowledge of any of the prior Star Trek films, watching this film, his his. Pretty fucking understandable. Like as as a character, 
his motivations, his actions. It's kind of like, no, I get that. Like, look, he's, he's, he's not a hero by any sense of the words, but he's definitely, at least in the first two thirds of this film, is not portrayed as a villain. No, he's not. I mean, look, yes. And his he, turn kind of makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was odd. Like, look, he, he's, you know, orchestrates the blowing up of the, was it the Star, Starfleet installation in London? And that's sort of revealed as that sort of that secret, you know, that was it, uh, Section 31 installation where it's sort of dedicated to all that, that black ops projects, including building super weapons for a potential war with the Klingons? You know, again, this is like, oh, he's not a—he's a bit of a freedom fighter here. Like he's actually yeah, blowing yeah, up yeah. installations, making legitimate super weapons. Not yeah. rumors. Remember this. Not rumors. Yeah. Actual super weapons. He's—he's he's in the right in this situation, yeah. but he's still the bad guy. Exactly, somehow. and that sort of reveals that—that like, sort of ruse to get all the captains together so that he can take revenge on the douchebag admiral Robocop. Um, you know, and again, because fucking Marcus kept his—what was it? His crew and his family hostage. And he sort of made like made made him make weapons mm. to destroy. Again, it's like, nah, I get it. This guy is like I'm a on your side. bit of a hero here to be like maybe not a hero, maybe not that that far, but it's like you you're at least coming from a good place. I mean, look, there's that big chunk of collateral damage, and a lot of the people you know um, end up dying um, are like the wrong kind of people, and they sort of mm. do spare you know spur on Kirk for that sort of um, sense of revenge, which is a, meant to be a huge sort of theme in this. This film of being like revenge and vengeance and that kind of stuff. I think one of the ships is called fucking Vengeance. Subtle, just in case you subtle. missed. But just in case you missed. This huge kind of theme on revenge on. that doesn't really, to me personally, pay off. Um, but again, look at look at it from Khan's perspective. All this was justified. You know, Khan was pissed. He's the one that wanted revenge, which is the theme of the film. <laughs> um, and again, it's that kind of. The, I, I look at when I look at people's uh, motivations in, when it comes to sort of villains or heroes. You kind of look at. What what are their sort of motivations are, and then the more primal, the more I understand, the more mm. I get it. If they're trying to like you know eat, kill, fuck, it's like yeah, no, nah, that's understand. And and vengeance, revenge, man, that's a really good primal emotion to get behind to be like yeah, I get it, man. If like in theory, I'm against the death penalty, but if someone murdered like my family and we caught them, I'd want to be the one to pull the trigger. I understand that yeah. from a primal. Oh I, yeah, absolutely. I know, like as in like philosophically, I'm like yeah, yeah, no, nah, I'm against it, but. Deep down, like, yeah, there's that bloodlust. You're like, no, I want to get revenge. And mm. to sort of rise above that makes you the better person. But I get that whole vengeance thing. <laughs> that's why people That's why people invest so much in something like Dexter. Because, mm. you know, as much as we all say, oh, we're against the death penalty. And, yeah, like, you know, in theory, mm. intellectually, I say, yeah, I'm completely <clears throat> against it. But. But. Emotionally, you're like, oh, no, no not I, so much. I get it. These people not are so much. horrible. Which is why I think Marcus, Admiral Marcus, makes a great villain of this piece. And he yeah. really should be the main villain and the yeah. only villain of this because it's like, yeah, he's being a dick. He's a sort of war profiteer, war profiteer. He sort of like, you know, wants to sort of keep going with war so he can profit and make the military strong again. And he's that kind of like, you know, war leader that can't really settle in peacetime. Mm. He needs a war to go on. That makes him really kind of cool. Is a villain um, because what he thinks he's doing is he thinks that he's doing everything for the greater good because it's like yeah yeah we kind of have a war with the Klingons because you know eventually they're going to try and rise up against us so we need to sort of you know uh, react Strike first, first in a sense. Yeah. and it would have been you know more yeah, nice to see more from like the Klingons and a bit of evidence that these two races w- you know would have been sort of like yeah they're building up towards <clears throat> this tension and that would have been really kind of cool um, you know Marcus felt Admiral Marcus. He felt that the war was inevitable, and you know wanted to, you know, what do something to like whatever happens. It's going to happen on his terms, and Starfleet are going to be prepared because if the Klingons attack, and we're like, oh, peace term, exploring the galaxy, we're fucked. So it's like, okay, cool, no, I, I get it. He, he's understandable. Khan, 
Now, why is he a villain? Because he's not like us. <laughs> but he's white this time. <laughs> so why is he a villain if he's white this time? That's outrageous. <laughs> I've never seen this in film before. How dare you? <laughs> but is it, wh- what are you implying here, Abrams? <laughs> white people are bad. No, no, <laughs> no. Come on. No, no. Because Hitler, not, was, Hitler was... Wait, Hitler was white. European, European, European. European. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, different. Exactly, but exactly. again, so we're not really shown why Khan is really a villain in this whole piece. I mean, we're just told he is. Literally, we are fucking told by future Spock that he's a villain, which is like cardinal Spock sin. Spock Prime. Yeah, yeah Spock Prime. Yeah, yeah. Cardinal sin against cinema. You know, it's like tell, don't show. No, 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 no. I think it's show, don't it's tell. It's the other way around. Show, don't yeah. tell. Whereas we are literally sat down with Spock Prime looking at the fucking camera being like, Khan is a villain. That's all we get to be why he's a villain. I feel like that's the only way they could get Leonard Nimoy to be in the film, though. It was a very weekend at Bernie's kind of yeah, scene. But, yeah. but like, you don't even... Yeah, he's giving uh, me this look like Leonard Nimoy is like this perfect actor that's never died. <laughs> no, I'm not. I was just thinking about it. But no, he, he did die, though. Yeah, he, he did die. He did die. And so you can see he it. He can't have been I, that fucking perfect, can no, he? No, no. <laughs> Nice going, corpse. Like, <laughs> looking really dead. You're like, oh, Leonard Nimoy, give yeah, up. It's like, it's like watching Saruman in the Hobbit films. Mm. It's yeah. like, Christopher Lee, I love go, you, go, go, but go, have a nap. Now. Yeah, it's like, okay. Like, you just seem so... You've done your work in the trenches. It is good. It's like, honestly, it's like... You've like, served your time. You can't, you can't have bad, actually you can't have hard feelings. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have any hard feelings toward him because, mm. you know, I mean, he's, <laughs> it's a shame because like even in the Star Wars prequels, he was so fucking good just by virtue of being Christopher Lee and just having that voice and that presence and that Power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in um, even it. Don't worry. And just, just sh- and yeah, like Saruman Man sh- and Lord Star of the Rings films. Films. Yeah, fast forward ten years yeah. in the Hobbit films, not so much. Like I mean, the yeah. dude was in his nineties. Yeah, like, that's you know, the same it, thing with fucking and Leonard it's fine. Nimoy. It's fine. It just like props for you for doing it. But, Thanks for yeah. turning up. Yeah, but, but like oh. pretty much they wheeled him out. He yeah. said his two lines. Mm-hmm. Someone else is probably moving his arms. <laughs> And they wheeled him back out. out, and then Leonard Nemo was like, where's my $2 million, Abrams? Exactly. And that I'll was give, the I'll end give it of to it. my grandkids. So when we think about Khan as a villain, up until that point, and, and, and including crushing Admiral Marcus's face, because honestly, I think it's justified, what has he actually done in terms of, of, of sort of villainous activity? So he, I think it's the idea that he... Um, he went about his mm. situation kind of almost in in this because it was in because he went about his kind of path in such a destructive way. Mm. Like I think Kirk is really feeling it with mm. with the loss of Pike mm. that his amazing fucking mentor yeah, yeah, best yeah. friend has been taken away from him. But that's and, like one dude compared to like the potential that. Khan had his whole family taken away. I understand it's just like for Kirk, it is mm. just Pike, but you also have to. There are a lot of innocent people that oh, died as well. I, I, of I get that Khan. because you think a lot of innocent. A lot, people. but then we get to the end where it's like a whole fucking. It's like so yeah. many innocents are dying here. There's too and many innocent dying. Too many non red shirt red shirts yeah. in this film. Like, I'll get to this in a bit later, but I'll bring it up now. It's that it seems to have a bit of the man of the steels. Like. A it man just, of the steels? Yeah. That's a thing? That's a thing. You know, that's, a, that's a syndrome now? I would say so. We're just wanton destruction for no reason at uh, all. Ah, yes. The man of the steels. Yeah. Yes. Man of steels. That's what I was trying man to say. Steels. Yeah, no. The man of the steels man was of confusing the steels. as hell I'm confused me. saying it. But basically, yeah. very similar to man of steel, where mm. it was, you know, Superman's going to be this sort of pillar of hope and trying to save everyone, and like there's countless a die, which I'm hoping is going to be addressed in Batman v Superman. I'm I think kind that's of the excited. whole premise of the film. Which, my God, one trailer yeah. just turned me around that whole whole premise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
same thing with this. Like start like the the um the starship just falls into a whole city, mm. like killing how many? So many, and it's not really ad- addressed. <laughs> I think that's sort of the same. It's sort of that same problem where it's like visually spectacular, but like no one's stopping to kind of think about the consequences yeah. in these films, which is what is sort of missing from these Pixar films. Whereas in the, in the, I think in the TV series yeah. at least, it would have been addressed to be like, "You wiped out so many, so many trying to do this, guys. We fucked up." Yeah. So yeah, that's aside. So, but if we go back to looking at what Khan has done, he orchestrated a terrorist attack on London. Look. Not great, however, from his perspective, justified as it was a secret in- installation producing questionably ethical superweapons. Okay? And, you know, this wasn't some, like, government facility in the middle of fucking Nevada. No, 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 no. This was in the heart of fucking London. So, really, that's the... Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Government being, or at least the military, kind of fucking up. He attacked Starfleet. And again, look, justify, justifiable from Khan because he was trying to get back at uh, Admiral Marcus and his crew. Um, again, because they were holding his family hostage to create those super weapons. Again, killing Admiral Marcus. I mean, that's justifiable as fucking hell. Even Kirk wanted that to happen. You know, not only had you know, uh, Marcus's crew uh, kept hostage, he actually killed hundreds like he just killed hundreds yeah. of starfleet employees on board the enterprise and he was trying to intentionally start an interstellar war so killing marcus is actually kind of good yeah so i got really excited cuz i i remember what i wrote in my notes that i've left at home mm. like this whole film that that whole storyline mm. feels like such a fucking like manson family just weird fucking choice but they're like, this guy's like, yeah, like it is literally Charlie Manson right there. He's like, I want to start a race war because it's bound to happen. Yeah, so Admiral Marcus is a good villain, and and that's great. So when his death by by Khan is understandable, it's justifiable, and again, it taps into that beautiful primal urge of of revenge. And as storytelling goes, I mean, that's like mm, oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful work, Abrams. You know what would have been really interesting mm-hmm. if they'd. Instead of being like, oh, Khan has to be a villain because he's Khan, mm. you have Khan kill Marcus and then have some whatever other resolution, but don't have Khan turn. Yeah. And then making this recurring character in the other films mm. where he's capable of the things that Kirk and Spock aren't, mm-hmm. but he's not 
he's an anti-hero. He's not mm-hmm. not on their side. He's a vigilante. Exactly. But he's he's still out there, yes. and exactly. he's still dangerous. But he's kind of an ally. Yeah. Imagine that relationship. Imagine that relationship mm-hmm. where you've got this ally out in the universe every time who occasionally Goosebumps turns game. up, mm-hmm. and um and basically. You know, you've got Kirk. Um, imagine if there's a circumstance where something really shit happens or things get sketchy somewhere in the Star Trek and and, um, and Kirk and Spock need somebody who can do the things that they can't. Yeah. And what a subversion of the classic films exactly. where Khan is an ally mm. who... Uh, you talk about, like, Joel, you're talking about the difference between your primal mm. feelings on things compared to your intellectual moralisation of things... You could really explore that in future films with Khan being like, he's capable of the things we kind of want done, but we don't actually agree exactly. with. Exactly. Like, but it's got to happen, he's their so Khan's got to do it. What a fucking opportunity instead mm. of just rehashing Wrath of Khan. Yeah, because again, that, that could have been like, Khan could have been almost like what, <laughs> to me, I frame most things with X-Men. Um, <laughs> but like what Wolverine was initially. Yeah, it's all good. What Wolverine was meant to be, that sort of vigilante's the best he is at what he does, and it's sort of what he does ain't pretty. And it's kind of like, yeah, you, you do the stuff we don't want to know about. Like yeah. there's a mutant out there who's killing a town because of mutant powers. Can you just go and kill him? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Wolfie. We also give a little bit of welcome moral ambiguity into what are otherwise mm. ultimately just big blustery mm. action films. Exactly. And so at this point... Bit of point, edge, bit of fight. Yes. Yeah. And so at this point... And make Khan like... Ah, oh, oh, man. Right? And so at this point, so you know, good. Khan is like... It makes sense. You know, the bad guy is all for the greater good, no matter what the cost, but he's shown to be, you know, a hypocrite because he saves his daughter. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like this nice little thematic thing happening where it's like, okay, yeah, he <laughs> wanted to be for the greater good, yeah. but when it comes down to it, Marcus is like, no, 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 I have to save my daughter because, again, he's, he's all talk and no action sort of thing. And then sort of like he's just not committed to being that kind of thing. So they so he kind of gets punished for not going through with his whole thing and it all kind of makes sense. But then after that is where, to me, Into Darkness just falls to shit. Like it just, it went from being to me like a 10 out of 10 fucking film to being like, I don't know, a three. Cause it just went being like so good to be like, oh, this now, great. We're just having, again, as you said at the start, this felt like J.J. Abrams was just like, yeah, write this, sure, this will be fan good. Wank. Like, it it's, is. It's fan wank. It's super painful cause I was like reading an interview but with Abrams- isn't even a fan. That's I think that's the problem. It's fan yeah, wank it's fan made wank by a, somebody who is not a fan. Yeah, and they I, I I read an interview with Abrams and he was like, Yeah, no, we weren't gonna do Khan, but then I guess we did Khan. And I was yeah. like, You were literally the worst. Yeah. And like uh, chatting to, after we saw this, chatting to uh, Nathan, who's our kind of artist for all our, our stuff, and he's like, he just wanted to know why was he when he was running through like the the city? Did he grab a fucking jacket that looked exactly like his old Khan jacket? Mm-hmm. Like, who was he trying to? What was that for? Was he trying to hide? Was he trying to look fashionable? Was it chilly? Like, he was like, what? <laughs> I hope it was slightly humid, and he was like, like mm, what no. the fuck was the point of that? The only reason that scene again is the fan service. It's so, oh, it's all that whole film's fan service. Yeah, it's all this up, like yeah, exactly. Up until, I reckon, up until, honestly, that point, that point where Khan turns. So before... I do like the bit where mm-hmm. it's on the desk at the start and it's the progression of starships and the Phoenix from First Contact is on there. <laughs> and, you know, I had a, had a little bit of the old goosebumps. I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> there it was. There it was. I felt it. There was a stirring. What are you going to do? Hey, exactly. Sometimes yeah. you need a little bit of, little bit of fan service. Yeah, just a little, little bit. Not just too bad. But, not, but not a lot because my yes. issue my issue with fucking any kind of franchise like this, mm-hmm. and, and I will always say that the biggest one... That does it the worst is Supernatural. And I know you boys don't watch it, 
and that's fine. No, but I, I like the actor. He was great in Dark Angel. Yeah, oh, I love my Supernatural. I love my boys. Ten seasons in, 200 uh-huh, plus uh-huh. episodes. Is no it still one thought. Going? Yes, it's on season 11, motherfucker. <laughs> Is there any word of it ending Never. ever? Never. Oh, okay. It just keeps getting <laughs> renewed and I am so happy. But for their 200th episode, mm. they literally did a uh, fucking... The, the, the episode was called Slash Fiction about a bunch of teenage girls who love Supernatural doing a play on Supernatural with Dean and Castiel fucking making out. And as an audience member who isn't fucking 15, it's super awkward wow. to watch that. And this is pretty much what Abrams did in this film where he's just like... I guess this is what the people want. Yeah. Don't listen to the people. We're morons. This is why you're the filmmaker. That's <laughs> why we point. don't make films. Exactly. We Otherwise just... you end up with this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> See? And no one wants that. Oh. Exactly. So if we look at um, the moment Khan kills Admiral Marcus, and look look at that and sort of examine Khan just before that. Like, he blew up the building that was secretly developing WMDs dedicated to a war between humans and Klingons that wasn't even happening. And he... in the process saved a little girl's life. Exactly. Good. Tick. Good. Tick for Khan. Tick for Khan. You know, he followed that up by attacking the organisation that was responsible for creating said weapons of mass destructions. I guess, look, he killed some wrong people, but hey, that's collateral damage. So again... Tick, a tick for, for Khan. Khan. But a small cross for killing Pike. Exactly. So a little... Big little, tick. Big tick. Little, little cross, cross. Little cross. I'm, te- he, I'm keeping score. Okay. He then saved Kirk and his crew on Kronos. Big tick. Big tick. And he even exposed Admiral Marcus's shitty plans to Kirk and his crew, enabling them to react to that impeding threat of the giant ship, Vengeance, look, it's the theme of the film, from killing them. Big, tick. big ticks for I'll Khan. I'll put another tick on oh, that one. Oh, that's at least two ticks there. At least two ticks. So if anything, Khan is an anti-hero. In this, in, this, mm-hmm. in this point right here, in this moment in fucking time, he's an anti-hero. So look, you might not agree with his actions, but his motivations are understandable. You know, he just wants his family back. He like lonely. Thomas Jane in Arrested Development. He just wants his family back. So as soon as he does kill Marcus, we then just get this new character who is just basically Khan Megadick, who I just do not understand. Now, I've sort of mentioned, look, I haven't, brought, uh, um, I haven't seen the original Trek series um, because, again, all I know at this point seeing this film was the Khan that I saw and presented. So, again, looking into sort of Khan as who he actually was. Now, he was in um, the eugenics war. That wasn't mentioned at all. So, again, everything that I know about Khan is, is through Wikipedia mm-hmm. or from what, um, again, secondhand friends, what people say, from, from secondhand of what friends have been telling me. So, <laughs> secondhand friends. I, I ended up with them. <laughs> they're they're, they're the all right. They're all right. So, um, basically. They smell like um, balls. They do. <laughs> Sorry, they done. do. And, and I bought them from the thrift shop. So, again, I think during the eugenics war is from what I can gather from Wikipedia that he controlled a quarter of Earth during the 90s during this eugenics war and was uh, a genetically enhanced superhuman and he was mostly, in quotation marks, a successful conqueror ruling with a firm but generally peaceful hand until he was disposed. That sounds about so right. So he sounds like a nice-ish guy. I mean, he doesn't sound like a complete dick. He sounds like, okay, he understands what ruling has to do. So you know, he's, maybe he understands the hard decisions. So you know, with that in mind... Wouldn't it be nice for the crew of the Enterprise to perhaps, I don't know, delve into some internet archives to find out a little bit of information about Khan? No, why would we do that? You know, they have his full fucking name. Couldn't they have done the Star Trek equivalent of fucking Googling him? (laughs) You know, if he was basically future Hitler, 
you'd think he'd have at least gotten a footnote in the history books. Like, even if it was, like, you know, 300-odd years ago. You know, kids in school, we still learn about Genghis Khan, you know? And that fucker... Hang on, Genghis Khan. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And that fucker kills, killing people and spreading his seed, like, 800-odd years ago. And we still know about his life. So you're telling me the historians in the Star Trek universe wouldn't have known about... Khan. Khan? That they needed to go to old Spock... Yeah. ...from the future to tell them about a character from their... Their past? Yeah. So... What is a uh, historical record like in the Star Trek yeah. universe? Is the question I want to know. But no, they're all audio, which is super annoying. But that's it. That, that's it. So it's like, look, one aspect. Like, who would want to sit there and listen to some people talk about some facts? Yeah, right. That's super odd. So one thing about you know you, you, you know about storytelling is again when you're talking about screen analysis and screenwriting is again this show don't tell. So again, going back to how how does everyone on the Enterprise find out that Khan is a bit of a dick? Ah. Oh. It's just old Spock Prime being like, he's a dick. Yep. <laughs> he just straight up calls him. He's like, Fucking Silas Spock asks Prime Spock, legitimately, just straight to his face, who is this guy? And Spock, yeah, the, and Spock Prime has that moment where he goes, I'm not meant to tell you, but I'm going to tell you. Yeah. And this is kind of like... Spock Prime has been nothing but hindrance. Yes. You know what would have been, you know what else would have been an interesting angle? Mm-hmm. If, okay, look, I get Scott, uh, Spock Prime being like, okay, normally I would say nothing, but this is such a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, grave situation yep, that I'm yep, going yep. to tell you this guy is dangerous. What if Khan wasn't dangerous? Yeah. But the Enterprise crew oh. turn on him uh-huh, uh-huh. and actually turn him into Dick exactly, Khan. Exactly, which is what because happened fucking in Because the- Spock Prime. Yep. And that kind of actually draws attention to the fact that this is a different timeline. Things are yeah. different. Things are going to go differently. It's like exactly, but exactly. Spock Prime, being this weird anomaly who's hanging around, is the guy who's like, no, 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 fuck this guy off, and actually fucks off what mm-hmm. could have been a valuable ally. Exactly. That would have been interesting. Or if he, if they fuck him off, he comes for revenge, he does something god-awful, and the Enterprise crew kind of have to realise that if they never listen to Spock Prime, mm-hmm. if they never sort of... How's this for a bit meta? Been beholden to the old timeline. Mm-hmm. Things might have been a little bit different, right? Exactly. Because again, him, he goes from like killing Admiral Marcus to then trying to blow up the Emp- uh, the Enterprise. Makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Motivation right. goes no sense. And he gets what he wants. He basically gets his crew back from um um from Kirk. There's no real desire there to kill Kirk or his whole crew. I mean, because Kirk, Kirk helped him achieve his goal of killing Admiral Marcus. If anything, he should be sort of sympathetic that they were both used by, by Admiral Marcus. So oh, makes no sense. trying to kill Kirk and his crew, even if he was pissed that he'd been stunned, you know, to blow up their ship is a bit of a leap. They, he, they, cause they, they, they like, look, don't kill Admiral Marcus. He, they tried to stop him, but yeah. he killed him anyway. So it's like, well, look, we said no, but we like... said no, but look, you tried to stop me, but I did it anyway, but you gave me my family back. So we cool. Yeah. Right? That makes more fucking sense to be like, you try to stop me, I did it anyway, you gave my family back, I'm going to kill you. Dumb. You know, at least, again, in Wrath of Khan, he has motivation. You know, Kirk exiled him and he was, you know, indirectly responsible for the death of his wife and a good chunk of his followers. Yeah. Or so Wikipedia tells me about this. So <laughs> instead of- I watched the original one on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of Khan becoming this cartoony you know, evil villain for like kind of poops and giggles. I, I think we have a better idea here. And, and that is, again, 
as you were saying, Gabe, this sort of huge issue with New Trek, it, it has been trying to separate itself from Old Trek. And, and to me, this is like a completely beautiful missed opportunity to do just that, as well as, again, a, a perfect opportunity to set themselves set themselves up for the next film because you'll love trilogy or at least a, you know a recurring sort of but now we get Idris Elba that is in the true next we film, do and so that's and that's the wire yes one I set myself up for that <laughs> big tick big tick I set myself up for that you did so you did I'm pretty going pretty good with these as soon as uh, Harrison is revealed to be you know Khan uh, there there was a sort of certain level of expectation you know even from like again us non-fans um, you know again Kirk screaming well, we know he's an Scar. important person that's like, about all we know yeah, yeah, he's a villain much. and he's important um, again that global uh, pop cultural consciousness we all know right he's off the a bat famous that, villain yep, so this guy the expectations Khan. are sky high exactly but again there's no reason to have Khan as the antagonist of this film we already have Admiral Marcus and as I've said he is a fine antagonist he's the real bad guy Khan's motivations aren't that evil they're justifiable and again that fulfill that primal urge we can all get behind so instead of what happened have Khan get his crew and then just fuck off so in that moment, he's like, give me my crew back. And they're like, okay, here's your crew, but it's secretly bombs. Just give him his crew back. Khan can be just like, sweet, thank you. And then just have him fuck off into Klingon space, maybe a habitable planet somewhere, or just, you know, cruise around with his space buds and whatever. But basically have him just leave. It doesn't matter what he's doing. What matters is that he gets what he wants and yeah. he, he leaves. And apart from revenge as this whole big theme of this film. Second chances play a huge point in this film, and it's a big part of Kirk's arc. You know, Pike gives Kirk a second chance, making him first officer of his ship after he fucks up. And if you set up um, Khan as just wanting to have a second chance, you have this nice marrying effect of of who really doesn't get second chances that he deserves. Mm. So up until this point, we don't know that Khan is evil. The only reason we know this, and I cannot stress this fucking enough, <laughs> is because Spock Prime tells Silas Spock that he is evil, was a tyrant, and that he can't be trusted. Again, this sets out, you know, motion, um, Silas' plan to foil calm by switching his crew with bombs, uh, and, which is fine. I mean, this can still happen, but there needs to be some terrible, terrible, terrible consequence, as you were saying, Gabe. I mean, this is a new universe. You know, anything is possible, and there's nothing that states that Khan has to be evil. So, again, wouldn't it have been more poignant uh, uh, if, due to the direct involvement of Spock Prime, one of the worst wars to break out in the universe actually happens? And it happens because of the Klingons. So, let me elaborate. Let me build you a word picture, if I will. Good. With Prime's advice... Khan is now travelling through space, armed with torpedoes, thinking that that's his family. Out of the blue, they all start detonating. They're blowing up the ship, causing Khan to freak out. You know, thinking that this this time that he's he's lost his his crew for good. I mean, he doesn't know that these weren't were just switched. He just thinks that they're they're his they're his mates, they're his family, they're his crew. And so he's freaking out. He ports out the last second back to the Klingon homeworld because, you know, again, why not? We've seen him do that before in yeah. the film. He can teleport himself. So, you know, and again, he teleports. You can, if you really want a bit of fan service to throw this back, you can have Khan screaming out Spock's name as a nice nod to the original, making its own thing. Like, fucking damn you, Spock. You just killed my whole family. So meanwhile, back on Earth, Kirk and the rest of the Enterprise are celebrating, thinking that they've won like a bunch of fucking idiots. They're like, we did good. And they're having this beautiful celebration. 
From their perspective, they've prevented the Klingon human war. They have destroyed one of the greatest threats they'll ever know, apparently. And they've exposed Admiral Marcus for the dick that he truly was. So good for them. Good guys win. Suck it, Admiral Marcus. Instead of putting funds into military, we can now put into, like, you know, education and and diplomacy and all kinds of good things. Mm. Medical, all that kind of stuff. And again, with the rest of Khan's, like, 72 crewmates, I'm sure Bones can synthesize a treatment that cures death anyway because he's already got them to experiment on. So again, for all intents and purposes, it ends on a high note for the crew of the Enterprise. However, go back to Khan, believing that his family are dead now. So he's got nothing to lose. So his family is dead and he's on a Klingon homeworld and this time maybe actually show a Klingon homeworld mm. rather than just some shitty abandoned planet. Um, and he's wanting revenge. So he goes to the Klingon king or president or prime minister or whatever the Klingon have. Do they have kings? Let's go with yes. Yeah, why not? Cool. Have a king. <laughs> um, and he provides them with a reason to go to war. He actually provides them with the evidence to go to war because I'm pretty sure a military organization who are building super weapons, weapons of mass destruction to attack you is a good enough to go to war, right? Yeah. You know, how even the mere speculation of a group of people building WMDs is enough to go to war because it happened in our earth. <laughs> but not funny. But not funny. So mere speculation was enough for uh, us to sort of mobilize and sort of uh, uh, infiltrate. Whereas Khan would have nothing but proof that, yes, Earth were actually planning to use these super weapons against you because they feared that you would attack them. This is a lot more meaningful. As advice from Spock Prime has really just fucked things up for the majority of, the new, of this new universe. It's going against his own words of Spock Prime of not letting them decide their own destiny. That was a big point of the first film, which I loved, which is like, look, I can't tell you much about what happened because, again, this is a new Earth. This is a new universe. You forged your own destiny. And so by, by, by Spock Prime being like, no, this happened, he's a dick, he's sort of going back on what he said and kind of fucked him for it. You know, he, his preconceived notion that Khan has to be a villain has caused him to become the biggest threat that Starfleet has ever seen. So good. <laughs> because so nice. Right, because what of Spock. What an actual script. Because right. of Spock Prime's little meddling, Kurt and the crew have, have inadvertently started that war that, they think they helped prevent. You know, it's a great way to sort of end that film and by providing Khan with an actual motivation to seek revenge and again tying it back into the theme of this fucking film. And we can see an actual Klingon. Yeah. It, 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 it sort of changes that dynamic a little bit and now we're leading up to a Khan-Spock showdown instead of a Khan-Kirk showdown. It also provides, you know, a lot of fuel for months, if not years of fan speculation. You know, uh, locks in again, Benedict Cumberbatch for more of, you know, a starring role. And it sets up that epic showdown of, of Klingons with the help of Khan bringing the war to Earth. And you can kind of call it, you know, Star Trek Three, Wrath of Khan. And actually have, is all have meaning. And then it would actually be a good little sequel. Yeah, And that, to me, is the perfect Star Trek Into Darkness and what it could have been. This sort of nice little thematic build about vengeance and revenge and it coming back to mm, fuck you yeah, if you, they if just you push a, it. It's that third act that just fucks it, completely fucks it in that film. No, I yeah. love it when people fight on the outside of spaceships. No, it's, it's a great. good time. Yeah, just, yeah, all right, again. 
good. Yeah, yeah haven't seen this before. Yeah. So I think that's really, really a cool idea would be to be like, okay, yeah, you create your own villain. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm always a sucker for that. When people, oh, man, creating your own worst enemy. Uh, mm, beautiful. Beautiful. And I love the idea of because they were so hard-pressed for vengeance or revenge that it ended up sort of consuming them all, and then you have this giant problem of, like, we prevented a war, but we actually caused it. And also the idea that there's this element of we kind of rely on Scott. Uh, Scott, I keep almost saying Scott. Spock. Mm. Spock Prime for Scott guidance. Scott is a different character. Scott is a different character. Yeah, relying on Spock Prime for guidance and it ruining it you. fucks them up. Exactly. So I, I like the idea of having building up and creating Khan as a villain, but also I really love the idea of even making Khan an ally. An ally that you're like, oh, he does the stuff we don't actually admit to. Well, that's yeah, another option, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Much, much better. My, I think everything Zamet said was correct. <laughs> Everything, like, I, I don't think I could fix that any better. And I, I do tend to play devil's advocate a bit where I'm like, if you want to make this film, here are a little couple tweaks. And if we were going to make Star Trek Into Darkness and not make this amazing script that Sam has apparently been writing for the past two years... That's all I think about. <laughs> it's consuming me. Um, but if, if, if you were going to make this script that was fucking... Mm. Whatever this script was... There is a couple things, and one of my biggest things is that it's an ensemble cast. Mm. We didn't see any of them. Like, were we aware of that, that at no point, pretty much, like, uh, Yohora, mm. Scotty, George Takei's character, Sulu, I know Star Trek, um, like, all of these kind of even bones mm. didn't have a big part Check, in this yeah. film. It's just like... Do you want to watch Kirk and Scott kind of like touch dicks a bit and then also Benedict Cumberbatch is there for two and a bit hours? You just said Scott as well. I did. You did just say Scott as well. Fuck you, gay. There it is. Now it's in everyone's head. No. Mm. But like... Spock. Scott Prime. Scott Prime. Um, I I just thought like they should have kind of gone in the way of the Avengers where you... you set up this ensemble cast and when you make the second film, at least have one or two scenes where the... Ensemble is hanging out together. We send Chekhov to a different floor for a majority of the film. Yeah, and 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 Scott T. Yes, that's his Scotty. name. Scotty. He's on a. He's not even on the Enterprise. Is no, he? no, he's, he's been kicked off. He got kicked he's off. He's been kicked off. Yeah. There's there's no there's no backing cast here. Sulu. Is he becomes captain, but it doesn't matter because we're not on the fucking ship for a majority of the film. Like he has that sweet fight, but that's in the first one. Yeah. They're not in this. It's an ensemble cast where you just didn't. Use bones cue is death, which is a huge huh? problem. Bones, yeah, bones I guess, is death. death isn't a thing now, but that's kind of more also, any doctor would have done anno- that. annoyed me as well. It's like he's trying to, you're in to get Khan back to exp- You've got 72 of his yeah. mates with the exact same it's, thing in the fucking frozen They're all fucking fine. morons. No, and, then, and then they put Alice even playing whatever, like playing mm. the daughter of Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. Oh God, my brain, I hate this film. <laughs> I, I loved it, but now I hate it. She's in there for a majority of the film. She's naked for one scene. Well, uh, she's in her yeah. bra and undies for no apparent reason. And it's this very awkward scene where J.J. Abrams was like, I wonder if I can get away with this. Didn't he later apologize somewhat to be like, it was, oh, it was, he, he apologized, but then was like in the, he was like, it, it wasn't meant to be sexist, which I do believe like that was, it the wasn't intention. Abrams' intention. Cause he was like, we had a, we had a, a, a kind of like underpants scene with Alice, Eve, but we also had one with Benedict as well. So it evened out. Oh, yeah. And if we had both, I probably wouldn't have noticed and been like, mm, nudity, cool. Mm. Not really what you're thinking about in Star Trek a lot anyway. Yeah. Um, but it would have even... Really, out, but... it's the future. Everyone just had yeah. cocks and genitals out because it's fine. No clothing means nothing. No one cares anymore. 
But yeah, it's just like Alice Eve in her underpants and yeah. Kirk turns around and she's like, don't look at me. And you're like... No, yeah. what is happening? Yeah, it was an odd scene. Yeah, yeah, it's an odd scene that feels very forced and awkward. Because I think and she's in it for ages, which is like, really I think her, necessary. Her, her character serves a purpose because she's really the downfall mm. of Marcus, and I, I like that because, again, as I said, like he's very much for the greater good. But when push comes shove, he's like, "Oh my daughter." So it's it's nice to have her being somewhat of a folly for him. And that's cool. But they didn't show that up up until like literally yeah. the last second. So was it revealed it, that he was like a secret daughter? It was yeah. She like signs up <laughs> under her mother's name, and that's so no one right. knows that it's like she's her father. She's su- suspected that her dad's the what the is worst. fucking Abrams and a lot of they just fucking put twists for no fucking. No, name. there's too many plots. Like it, it just would have been really fucking cool if she was instead of like pretending to be someone else, she just like kind of was a stowaway on the ship, and she just pops up halfway through the f- film, and she's like, "My dad is the, the devil." Dick. Yeah, and you would have been like. All right, I'm into even, this. Even if she was very open about, like, yeah, that, yeah. that is Admiral Marcus's daughter. So we yeah, know the no, stakes going no, in. His, like, no reason to hide this. Yeah, there mm. really wasn't. I know. Abrams, like, I think at that stage, at least, loved his twist, which is the kind of why I'm a little bit reserved about Force Awakens. Like, if he has that sort of same thing where he's like, I gotta have a twist and everything. Luke is evil and he's the father of all these people. And I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't care about Star Trek. I know you Trek. don't. I know you no, don't. Wait, 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 I don't care about Star Wars. I do I, care about Star Trek. I know you don't. But I'm, I'm going to start watching it, though, because Mads is going to be in Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Go on, so fine. I'm going to start watching. Just so look. I know. Watch four, five, half of six, and then fine. just watch the new ones. Cool. cool. You'll be fine. That's, as long as I'm okay with that, I just don't and care. And Rebels is pretty good. Yeah, too. Rebels is actually really good. What's Rebels? Rebels. It's the cartoon series. All right. I'll watch Buffy's in it. I like Buffy. Yeah, she's played the villain. Oh, yeah. cool. And um, Freddie Prince Jr. plays the good guy. I love yeah. him. I know. It's like, oh, it's like Scooby-Doo, but in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, actually. Yeah. yeah. All right. One last thing. Mm. The only thing that I will say that could have saved mm-hmm. Star Trek Into Darkness. You want to do a little bit of fan service? You want to do a little fan nod? Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. this is Zoe Blotter's trick, trick of the trade. Mm-hmm. Every new Star Trek film that comes out, Chris Pine, who is playing... James Tiberius Kirk just gets a little bit more bloated and gross. I'm into that. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just him getting slightly chubbier in every film. The chat is a little bit bloated. He's He's eating too many like space ice cream sandwiches. He's having having like he's just like because again he's just whoring around and eating delicious. He's gonna Elvis it up, man. He does. By the time he gets to generations, Kirk is not. He's not a well man. He should not be in charge of a ship. He's he's got a sheen to him. Exactly. Like you know, I like the first one. He's eating an apple, being arrogant. Second one, it's a piece of. Pie. It's a pie. Third yeah. one, fuck it. He's just eating an actual ice cream sandwich. He's like, oh. <laughs> by the fourth one, it's literally just a tub of fat. Yeah, just lard <laughs> like, with a spoon. Lard peak fat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like one of the like, like almost like, I want him to be like almost going through a breakup every yeah, single every movie. Film. Like there's like, a scene where Kurt's like directing the ship and he's putting like a tub of my. Uh, Ice cream in the microwave, finishes the spill, gets it out, skulls it like it's water, continues <laughs> <Yep>. on. <laughs> Kirk's like, you seem to be having a problem, Kirk. Nah. Spock. Spock seems to be having... No, Spock says... Spock Kirk. says to Kirk, you seem to be having a problem there. It, this, this isn't very logical. You're not the boss of me. You're not emotions. You've never had your heart broken. 
<laughs> Drinking more ice cream. See, bloated Kurt saves this film. Even Maybe if they just, make the exact oh. same film. Just smoking as well. Smoking, just, just getting a little bit grosser every time. I was like, just... between films, they should have just recast Chris Pine with um, I don't know, William Shatner. Yeah, <laughs> fine. Circa 2013. Yeah. Yes. So you're looking older. Yeah. Well, you shut up. Give me that ice cream sandwich. <laughs> That's all I wanted. To <laughs> Looking at a guru and Spock and being yeah. like. She was good in mine. <laughs> could have been mine. Eating a pie. Maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> meringue. Just like yeah, meringue. meringue is like the, on the on the fucking like uh, an eclair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, just a big old hoagie. Just, yeah. just no one on you. Fuck you, Spock, you emotionless piece of shit. You don't know what love is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Just getting really neckbeardy and yeah. gross. <laughs> Let's go fight these Klingons. <laughs> I think that's the universe. A... That'll make women love me. That's a good option. <laughs> You don't want to go with, with like a bit of bit of a, a Star Trek three kind into space. Yours was good. Mine was just but saying, like, if you're gonna make the exact ooh, same film, ooh, that's the it. only way to save it. Just make Kirk a big fat man. Yeah, that's it. And then I would be like, <laughs> this right. film is shit. But oh my god, did you guys see Fat Kirk? Like, <laughs> yeah, that? we did. Yeah, we did. And it was fucking solid. See, that's that's how to take a three out of ten to a ten out of ten. Film. <laughs> same film. It's just like when you get to the end, instead of kind of a general, oh yeah, from the audience, everyone just gets up and gives it a standing ovation. Fat <laughs> Kirk. Amazing. That is what we needed. Oh He's fucking uh, like he's already he's like what's called that kind of like an um, yellow gold yeah. just pizza stained. Yes. <laughs> yep. Sweat marks Brilliant. in the Sweat pits marks. and under the man boobs. <gasps> oh fuck y'all yeah, want that? Yeah, who well, doesn't want I'm fat Kirk? On. And on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Gabe. And I've been Zoe. And if you got any ideas how to fix Star Trek into darkness, email us in sanspansradio at gmail.com or tweet us also at sanspansradio. Yeah. Remember to live long and prosper. Yay. Yes. Which we have not mentioned once. This is... May the, there it is. Yeah, May there the go, force be it. prosperous. Yeah. Yep. I love you all. <laughs> if you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com.